welcome to Best of Seven. I am Liam McEwen of The Big Lead, and with me today I have Kyle Coster. We are here to make our best bets for the week five of the NFL season. Last week was a little bit tough for us, but we're back at it this week, you know, got to just move forward, and it's all about the next one. Am I right, Kyle? I showed up at work this morning wearing sunglasses, smoking a cigarette, wearing the same clothes I was on Friday, looking especially haggard. A two and eight week will do that historically bad. We were riding high, but like Icarus, we got too close to the sun. The good news is we're still two games over 500 on the year. So you factor in the VIG, you're only slightly losing money. Gambling folks, it's a dangerous game. So we're going to go through, we're going to pick the seven games we're most confident with against the spread. Liam, hit me with number seven. What are you loving? So what I'm feeling is I'm going to follow up on my what I felt was my boldest bet last week and go Jets plus 3.5 over the Falcons. Now, this is a London game. These things get friggin' weird as hell. But Zach Wilson really found his footing last week. I think Robert Salah is a good coach. I really think that the Falcons, more importantly, are really, really bad. They are not a good football team. I think that the Jets might be better. I don't think it's going to be an interesting game. I think we're all going to regret getting up at nine o'clock in the morning to watch this one, but I got uh, Jets 17, Falcons 14, Jets win and cover. It, at this point, it almost seems like an experiment that we're going to send our worst product to London every single year. Uh, it'd be like if they brought some Premier League teams over and they played out the string and everything ended in a nil-nil tie to try to grow the game over here. It's this weird thing we're doing. Not excited to watch this game. We'll forget about this game till it starts. So set your fantasy lineups, get those bets in. I think that, honestly, I think that the Jets are a better football team than the Falcons. The Jets at least have a purpose. They have a future at quarterback. The Falcons have Kyle Pitts, who has not exactly, like, turned things around single-handedly for them, which, in retrospect, you know, trusting a tight end to do that, maybe not the best. Uh, maybe we overemphasize exactly how much of an immediate impact he was going to have. Loved what I saw out of Wilson last week. I thought that was a pretty damn good performance when it mattered. That's a tough, that's a good team that they beat. And if you're getting some extra points against the Falcons neutral site, sure. We're going to go ahead. I love that one. Number six on the list for me, chiefs two and a half over the bills. Now that only, that means that Kansas city only needs to win by a field goal. This is a rematch of the AFC championship game last year, which was not particularly close after about 25 minutes. There's been much consternation about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense and then the defense, you know, not being there every single week. But you want to know what? Last week he threw five touchdown passes. He threw them from all different angles. I think that the sky is not falling. They have the home field advantage. The Bills, yes, they won 40 to nothing, but they have that stinker from week one that I keep thinking about against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not to the point where I can trust them week to week. I think the Chiefs are almost all the way back. I have them still as the favorite in the AFC, and I think they get up for this big game because it is their third large game. They do have some experience having already played the Browns and the Ravens. So they're kind of battle tested. I think they're a bit, bit more ready to go than the bills who are kind of on the big national stage for the first time. Absolutely. I mean, the bills have beaten since they lost to the Steelers in week one, they beat the dolphins, the football team and the Texans. It's not exactly a, you know, a ringer, a gauntlet, if you will. 
I think, you know, my biggest hot take from this game is I'm with you that it's going to be Chiefs cover pretty easily. I think we might start getting worried about Josh Allen after this one. From what I've seen so far, he is not 2020 Josh Allen, not an MVP candidate. He's make, he's missing some easy throws that he made look really, really simple last year. You know, I don't think the Bills are a fake good team. I do think that they're the AFC's favorites and definitely a strong contender to be in the championship game again this year. But in the early going, the one time they got tested by, you know, a decent defense, the Steelers beat them and the Steelers look awful. Chiefs don't have a good defense, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm a little iffy on the Bills right now. And I think that at home, the Chiefs are going to beat them by a field goal with some ease. Yeah, I think it's a little too early for Bills fans to be really worried about that contract. But you know what? We're going to go ahead and keep our eye on it. Okay, that's our official ruling on that. We're going to closely monitor the situation like Rob Lowe wearing an NFL hat from the sidelines. What do we got at number five? Number five, I am going with Buccaneers, 10-point favorites over the Dolphins. The Bucs are home. Tom Brady coming off a real emotional game, but it was a victory. He's going to be playing with a big weight off his shoulders. But more importantly here, the Bucs secondary is – completely depleted. Richard Sherman hasn't played football all year and he got thrown in there to start after signing on Wednesday. There are very few quarterbacks in the NFL less equipped to take care of that than Jacoby Brissett. I love Jacoby Brissett. I think Jacoby Brissett is an A-plus backup quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is not going to keep this game close. The Bucs are going to roll. It's going to be easy. We might even see Blaine Gabbert out there for a few snaps by the end. You know who does not enjoy being called a backup quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I totally agree. I think that there was like some constipation going on with the Buccaneers. Um, I'm not going to say that Tom Brady was rattled by the moment, but I think Tom Brady's teammates uh, were a bit thrown by the scene in Foxborough. I expect them to get back on track. I mean, what a come down. This is the perfect recipe for a team who has just expended a tremendous amount of energy. Uh, they would be happy if this game wasn't even on TV. You know what I mean? This is a take care of business weekend. It would be great. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I think we see the backup quarterback. I think this one gets ugly. Man, the Dolphins, they just seem rudderless. I know that Tua's injury concerns, it's totally out of his hands at this point, but I just don't know what the future of that franchise is. And I wonder how many quarterbacks are going to go through well, Tom Brady is still there in Tampa. Pretty disturbing stuff if you think about it. The man is going to live forever. He is immortal. Number four on the list, I have the Chargers. My Chargers. That's new. I just adopted them last night. I love the uniforms. I love Justin Herbert. I love it. You know who's a genius? Mike Tannenbaum. He studied the field and he said, I want this guy. He's the best prospect in this class. And you want to know what? He's absolutely right. I wrote Baker Mayfield may have the goods, but Justin Herbert has the greats. Proud of that line. Maybe I regret it a little bit. It's a little bit hacky. I do think that Herbert's a guy who could win a Super Bowl this year above ahead of schedule. I think that he's every bit good enough. That game last night against the Raiders was a masterpiece. Mayfield has been good, not great in my eyes. There's some times where he has trouble putting the game away. I worry about his crunch time performance, and it's really weird, but it would be great if this was a rivalry that became fun as hell over the next five, 10 years, and I think there's a good chance it does because I think that these teams will stay in contention for the next bit, but I do love the Chargers just in a straight up. I think it's going to be a great game. I got them winning 25-24. 
Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert, he can make every throw and not in the Bill Belichick secretly dissing way. He really can make every throw. And this Brandon Staley guy, I mean, he's got it, man. He's a great defensive coach. The Chargers' problem has been defense for a long time now. And he has, it seems like he has the scheme and the acumen to at least make it an okay unit. And he has a lot of talent on that end. And he's, I mean, he doesn't hold back on offense. I think they went for it on fourth down like three times yesterday, even when there were 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, they got a lot going for him this year. I think that Herbert still has a little ways to go before he gets to the Super Bowl ahead of schedule hype. I think that might be more of a next year thing. But as far as, you know, he'll go into the dog pound and take care of business, I think. Yeah, just to clarify on Herbert, I think that it could be a situation where he doesn't know he's not ready yet and the team doesn't know they're not supposed to win. We see this sometimes in sports where it's just like, oh, hey, we're the surprise team of the year and you might as well go out and win the whole thing. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No but they're going to be in the playoffs. And I certainly trust that game to travel. Well, it speaks a lot to Herbert's talent for us to be thinking about the chargers of all teams as a sleeper Super Bowl contender. I feel like we haven't felt like that since like 2013. Now for number three, I have the Vikings eight point favorites over the lions to win and cover. Now I would understand some questions about that after the Vikings scored seven seven points against the Cleveland Browns last week, but they're playing the lions who, despite their best efforts are once again, one of the worst teams in football. I will say that this year compared to years past, it is mostly injuries that I think has really been the problem here. I don't think Dan Campbell is, you know, the second coming of Matt Patricia or anything. The lions have been losing all of their great defensive players. And as far as it's relevant to this matchup, they just lost their best pass rusher to a torn Achilles. And that was why the Vikings couldn't get anything done last week. Their offensive line is in shambles once again. Absolutely unbelievable how they fail to fix that problem year after year. I think that Kirk Cousins is going to have all day to throw. I don't think the Lions have the bodies in the secondary to contain Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. The Browns defense is really good. And when you factor in Vikings are at home for the second straight week and the fact that Jared Goff is Jared Goff, I think this is not going to be a particularly interesting game. Yeah, this one's not going to be close in my book either. I mean, freakish things could happen. Kirk Cousins is an unpredictable entity, but in recent years, he's just been tearing the Lions up. Their defense looks as bad as it did last year when it was one of the worst in the NFL. I got Campbell's back still. I think that this season's going to be absolutely brutal. Two and 15, three and 14. Dare I say one and 16? He just doesn't have the weapons. I mean, he has the will. They're just overmatched. There's no way they put up a, a tough performance on the road. I thought that the game against Chicago this past weekend was really instructive to finding out exactly what type of team that they have. And yes, there was they flirted with making it a game, but they're just nowhere near a viable contender and anybody that you're going to trust to certainly go on the road. So I, I love that pick. I hate picking against the Lions because I want to be interested, but this has been a total wash. There's been almost no reason to watch the games, even more so than, than in previous years, which is saying a lot. We're looking at one of the worst Lions years since the 0-16, and I hate to say it, so if I'm going to suffer through it, why not take the other side? My last pick of the week, number two. This one doesn't really require much explanation. It's the Titans minus four against the Jaguars. Uh, what a week for Urban Meyer. Um, 
it's a mess. There's reports this morning that there's been some closed door meetings, which suggests they're trying to figure out some sort of exit strategy. It's a, ma- it's a major distraction, no matter what you think about the situation. And add to that, the Jaguars have not been good this year. It'd be one thing if they had shown some flashes, but they haven't. So you're looking at a perfect storm. The Titans are still good. This line is really weird to me. Um, yes, they just lost to the Jets, but I mean, Derrick Henry, he still exists. They're still going to let him put the pads on. They're coming off a loss to the Jets where they are really hungry. They want to send a message. The Jaguars are going to be in absolute disarray. Now you could argue maybe the team rallies and comes together and, and, and shocks the world. You know what? I'm not holding my breath on that. So for obvious reasons, I'm taking the Titans over the Jags. Yeah, I think the only way this game is close is if Julio Jones and A.J. Brown both miss the game again. But it seemed to me kind of from the tone of everything that happened last week that it was more of a, you know, super precautionary thing. They thought they were going to beat the Jets. They did not beat the Jets. So I think, you know, regardless whether those guys play, it's like you said, they're going to come out angry. They're going to come out hungry. Mike Frabel doesn't suffer fools, all that jazz. So between that and the fact that the Jaguars players are having to think about their head coach and his job stability more than the fact that they had probably their best game of the season on Thursday, I don't see them turning it around. I don't see them making this close, but I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to make a couple good throws. Yeah, that kid every week, he has one that makes your eyes pop. Now, for the most confident pick of the week, I have Seahawks as plus 1.5 underdogs at home against the Rams. I cannot possibly fathom why this line is what it is. I think that the allure of CenturyLink Field and the whole 12th man mythology is sort of faded in the years since the Seahawks had their fateful interception at the goal line in 2014. But I do think that it's still one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. The Rams got their butts handed to them by the Cardinals last week in one of the more surprising performances of the week. I don't think that Matthew Stafford is, you know, as bad as he looked last week. But I do think there's a real chance that he might not be the, you know, one-size-fits-all quarterback that Sean McVay has been so desperately looking for where everything is going to click automatically. We're still in only – this is only week five. Stafford's still getting used to this. McVay's still getting used to this. And the Seahawks had a pretty big win over the Niners. Their defense is still definitely not good, but their offense can figure it out. And I think we might start getting a little bit worried about the Rams defense after this week. So I have Seahawks 31, Rams 27. But overall, if you're betting on the Seahawks to cover as underdogs at home, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I might uh, I might disagree with your police work there just a little bit there, Lou, uh, where I feel that I'm not as confident as you are on this one. Uh, on the Stafford thing, as the charter member of his, of his fan club, I will say this about him. It was never about him going there and being excellent for 17 games. That's not going to – that's that was never going to happen, right? He is a quarterback that has some variance. He's going to have some bad games. He's not someone you roll out there and just, he's not Mahomes, right? There's going to be some times where he looks human. He looks beatable. That was the first time that he really had a bunch of adversity. It didn't handle, he didn't handle it well. 
uh, things snowballed. I expect a strong performance for him. I think getting away, going to the road, embracing that challenge. He's played pretty good in Seattle, actually, oddly enough, when his time with Detroit. I think this is going to be the most exciting game of the weekend. I'm greatly looking forward to it. The Seahawks. Let me ask you this. Let, let me throw it, let me throw it to you this way. Are they in the perfect spot where everybody's kind of like forgotten about them and talking about other teams? Because they're still a team that I think if they could find their way into the playoffs, I don't want to play them. They're such a tough out. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the reason that they've sort of followed by the wayside in terms of the spotlight here is because it is just the exact same type of Seahawks season that we've seen for the last like four years. Russell Wilson is going to make some insane deep throws. He's going to have some good offensive wizardry. They're still going to try to establish the run, sometimes their benefit, sometimes not. And the defense is going to have these Jekyll and Hyde switches where Pete Carroll stands up there every week and talks about his scheme. And some weeks you get ripped apart by Kirk Cousins and others you can shut down a Kyle Shanahan offense regardless of who's a quarterback. So I think especially after all the attention that was uh, you know shown to the organization in the offseason, they're very happy to be in this spot. And again, home dogs. I mean, come on. And that concludes our week five NFL picks and predictions. We're feeling pretty good. I don't think it's going to be hard to do worse than we did last week. So at the very least, you can bet on the natural variance of betting with us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Lee McEwen, and this was Kyle Goster. 